up guys here with you in fc wonder kid episode 71 here with my guy Fredson. how are you i'm doing great i'm doing a lot better than the var operators out there i have never seen more close calls in one weekend of football than i saw and we could talk about it for two hours but there's so much else going on but first i gotta ask you how are you doing after that transfer window? Are you tired? <laughs> you Fabrizio tired? Or are you just Alex Price tired? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not tired, man, because I'm ready to go here with another weekly podcast. And people, do not forget to smash that like button because we want to see highlights in this podcast. And if we get to 500, what? Thank you for that like. And if we get to 500, we might need to do a bold, bold giveaway in the wrap. So, yes. Ajax, Ajax, Oi, I'm thinking Anthony now, Man United against Arsenal, 3-1, that was a bold start, and Anthony got his goal from his first game at Man United, and the impact is clear as day, but I want to say, shout out, big shout out to the fullbacks at Man United, and if you want to be a modern day Winning team, you gotta have really good fullbacks. And Eric Ten Hag has Malasia that is balling out at the left, and he has Diogo that is showing levels at that right side. Mourinho got it right by getting Dalo for 20 million some years back. Keep on going, bold Dalo. What a player now! There you go. What a well, there player. you go. Yeah, Dalo has obviously been one of the biggest uh, beneficiaries of Ten Hag's, uh, you know entry into Manchester United as it stands. Uh, he has looked a level above what he's ever looked uh, for United uh, or for that brief moment he was an AC Milan player. Mm. But mm -hmm. let me tell you this. The person that deserves the plaudits today in that United win over Arsenal has to be, for me, Marcus Rashford. Okay? He had two goals, one assist. He was uh, looking like he was having more fun than he has ever had, it, at least in the last two seasons, Fuck. on that pitch. And he was, I mean, he was patient with that assist to Anthony, right, mm -hmm. where he drew in the two center backs and then, boom, digged it in, and Anthony just finished it perfectly far post. And then he was absolutely clinical in that uh, that that breakaway finish, essentially. The Bruno right? pass. I, oh. Yeah, and the, oh, that Bruno pass. And Christian Eriksen as well. But I think Marcus Rashford... Uh, has deserved and maybe okay he's maybe deserved a little bit of a beating from Manchester United fans over the last several years Question. he has not looked mm -hmm. that same electric Marcus Rashford that we're used to but it was so nice seeing this side of him and if it takes that uh, you know an Arsenal game mm -hmm. an unbeaten Arsenal game and an Arsenal team that looked up for it for sure um, if it takes that to bring out the best in Rashford the guy's only 24 and if he can continue to do this, mm -hmm. then maybe they don't need a nine moving <laughs> forward. Maybe they got one. Fuck, so, and, and for England too, man, Harry Kane's there. But if Rashford's doing this, these games and these type of matches, he's definitely pushing P, pushing himself, sorry, to go to that Man United team. And I agree, two goals, one assist, and it's how he attacks the space. And I fully yeah. believe it's the arrival at Anthony that adds the quality to that Man United team. Anthony has elevated the attack of Man United. Sancho's much more free. Rashford is with intense attacking space. And Brun Fernandes has more than two options. You see, he has now... 
three. Anthony is a clear upgrade from Elanga. I love Elanga as a role player being on the bench, but Anthony, Sancho, Rashford, I think that's the trio. And I love seeing Ronaldo now accepting that role that for Eric Ten Hag was very difficult for him to put Ronaldo on the bench, and that was the right decision. And I'm dying to see, well, with Martial whoa, here whoa. too, yes, it was yeah. the right decision with Ronaldo to be on the wow. bench, in my opinion. Okay. No preseason. He's, uh, his mindset wasn't thinking about Man United, and he must have had a lot of chat okay. from George Minch too. And now I think that chat is gone, and I think he can focus in Man United. And I'll be okay. honest, man. Man United fans have, have reasons to be, be excited. And I'm going to say this, man. I legitimately believe if Lisandro Martinez wasn't right now at Man United, I'm sure they wouldn't be the team that they are now, right now. Because Lisandro Martinez puts that motivation and squad unity through the roof. This is a full team player, and he clearly motivates Dalot. He motivates Bruno. The whole team backs him, and Varane backs him, a world-class player. So for Maguire, <laughs> like, for the sign of getting a yellow card straight when he leaves the bench, I think that says it all. And even seeing him with that captaincy role, Seeing everyone perform at the high level and seeing him with the captaincy role, for me, Maguire, it just wasn't right. Personally, okay. in my opinion. But Lisandro Martinez and Varane have elevated again another players. And the transfer window of Man United, Eric Ten Hag, you got a plus. A plus, in my opinion. Very You're good. right, Nate. They've yet to lose, and, and you've been saying it for some time, but I, I do have to say one thing. Between Lisandro Martinez and Anthony, uh, those two have showed more passion for the badge, for the Fuck. Manchester United badge, Fuck. in the few minutes that they have played for Manchester United uh, than a lot of this Manchester United squad have shown over the last few tumultuous seasons. So they definitely deserve a whole lot of credit for coming in, um, whether they're playing for Ten Hag or they're playing for Manchester United or they're playing for both. It is very clear that they are 100% intense. And uh, it, it is it is wonderful to see. Um, and in the end, it might be worth the money that we were we were talking about. We were, oh, that's too much this, too much. And 100% on me, on always focusing on the financial tag of things. But when it comes down to it, it is very apparent that they are ready to bleed for this club. And that that's kind of all you can ask for the moment they get there. And we still yeah. don't know like Ronaldo's thoughts, but I fully believe that Ronaldo is going to say that he wasn't expecting Casemiro to arrive at Man United and Anthony too. Like maybe Anthony sure. could have been expected because yes, Anthony had that intent, but United still paid a big fee that had doubts, a hundred million. And Casemiro, there was no news. So I think Ronaldo could have been convinced with that. But I think time will tell. But people, tell us in the comment section down below your thoughts about Man United and about the game. And the first loss of Arsenal, too, we had to say. Like, Arsenal didn't play bad, too. Like, Martinelli had some really good runs, really good moments. But again, I'm going to highlight how good defensive-wise Lisandro Martinez is. And they managed to be a team defending such a good, strong forward unit of Arsenal. Sheesh. I, I'm with you. And that Martinelli goal getting called back uh, by VAR. I mean, you could basically say that that might have been a momentum killer or whatever you want to call it. But 
that was kind of the tip of the spear for me this particular weekend. Mm -hmm. So we can probably use that VAR um, <laughs> schedule of bad decisions to move on to our next game. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I'm not entirely sure which one you want to go to, but I would imagine talking about. Let's say which one. Which one? Chelsea. Yes. We'll go Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Well, with Chelsea, first we have to bring up, uh, before we get to the VIR decision, we have to bring up the fact that Reese James is about to get paid. And I mean, well paid. Uh, Todd Bowley is about to extend him for another, what, five, six years, I think, till 2028. They're about to make him the most expensive defender in Chelsea history. Yes, sir. And yeah, and, and you're right, absolutely, 22 years old. Um, so I got to bring up the good before I bring up kind of how they uh, <laughs> almost should have been equalized for Maxwell Cornett's, uh, you know, and Borja. finale. And Borja, yeah. Borja got that Borja. extension. Right. I was shocked when I saw Todd Boyle sitting next to Borja. And I got to say, Armand Borja extending with Chelsea. What yeah. a twist and the right you're decision, man. I love it. The Albanian striker staying, and he can prove himself in the club that he loves. So, Armand Broja, big shout-out to him. With that one, and Chelsea, we got to start with the man. A goal and an assist for a band yeah. Shilwell. The best way to complete uh, to compete with Cucurella. I got to say, that yeah. touch of Ben Shilwell in, the first, in his goal it levels, levels, okay? Yeah. So Ben Shilwell, understandably so, one of the most expensive left-backs in the history of the game, and now Cucurella too, even more expensive, 10 million. So 110 million at left-backs. So they got to score those oh. goals. They got to be involved. Let, Thomas Tuchel. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> if you pay money for him, you want to see him involved. And uh, we also, also uh, Obama Yang's mm -hmm. response to <laughs> Chilwell's goal. And he thought he was, uh, I don't know, he thought he might have been watching, not Rafinha, I was about to say Dembele or something in the box. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, I told you from the beginning, Todd Bowley is not afraid True. to spend money. Okay, he is going to treat this and he absolutely is treating Chelsea like he would treat a major league baseball team that he currently owns. Okay, he knows two things, big, splashy moves and long, lucrative contracts. Okay, and if you look at the amount of money that they have spent, they have met both of those uh, tick marks, right? They've ticked them off because you've got Koulibaly and you've got Sterling and you've got Kukure and you've got Fofana and Aubameyang, Slonina, Zakaria, Kazade, Chukwameka, and now you've got Reese James, uh, Broja extension, and who's next? Mason Mount is next. He's going to get paid as well. So Todd Bowley is going to continue to act like this and as long as he's seeing progress on the field and their turnaround in that game versus West Ham. Very much so thanks to Chile, uh, but their turnaround in that game was inspiring. But I do also feel like West Ham, mm -hmm. struggling to get a point here, they really feel hard done by that foul on Edward Mendy in those mm -hmm. final minutes that VAR called back that Cornet goal. So in the end, just because you spend the money doesn't mean it translates to the field. But time will tell in this particular case. And it seems like they're doing the right things and bringing in the right types of people now, um, making less mistakes than they had previously. But yeah. And going with what you said, like there's a rumor by Fabrizio Romano that after that Southampton game, 
Chelsea were going to spend 50 million, or at least they had a verbal agreement with Southampton for Romeo Lavia. And this man uh, had just moved to Southampton. And Chelsea, yeah. <laughs> Thomas Tuchel, rumoredly really wanted Romeo Lavia. And that shows the talent that this kid is coming out from that Man City Academy that keeps sure. on delivering. Romo yeah. Lavia, remember the name. This is going to be uh, another bold one, man. Uh, Arrivo, uh, too, that just went there, too. I expect good things about him. Midfielder. Uh, absolutely. And and Manchester City probably has a sell-on fee of some sort mm. um, it, it, with Southampton, so buyback. they would have made a pretty penny. Uh, they also have a buyback. I think the buyback was right around $40 million, which is why I think Bowley went in with 50 from the get-go, but yes, <laughs> Romeo, Romeo Lavia has been phenomenal in his first few games for Southampton. Samuel Adozi, who was signed on the deadline day, also for Manchester City, uh, he actually looked pretty bright in his short cameo for Southampton. They also signed Juan Larios. I believe he's a fullback, also for Manchester City. And then they also signed Bazunu. So you've got, what, 33, 40 million <laughs> that Southampton spent on four Manchester City players. Um, and they were, they've made enough of a, 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 an impact so far that you've got Chelsea coming in, not even a month <laughs> later, saying, get me this player, here's $50 million. Fuck, it's crazy. Fuck, um, fuck. But and we'll with, with Chelsea, I just want to give a quick shout-out to Tiag Silva that keeps on delivering, and in no doubt in my mind, is the best centre-back at Chelsea. Kolobali's there, and he might prove himself better than Tiag Silva Middle of the season, but right now at the start, Tiago Silva is showing his experience at Chelsea and what a role he has. So Tia Chelsea are very, very lucky to have a player like him at the back. Woo! When Rudiger leaves too. So that I got, I had to, I had to say that one. So people, put down below your thoughts about Chelsea and about this Todd Boyle era. Will they conquer Europe with Todd Boyle? And will Thomas Tuchel be the coach? Conquering Europe with Todd Boyle. As it seems, let's see what's gonna happen. But we mentioned yeah. City first, and I gotta say this. <laughs> because Champions League football still hasn't even started. And Haaland is already banging mad goals in his season. And Haaland has 10 league, 10 goals in 6, 6 games, okay? Haaland is unbelievable and generational talent. Any doubter cannot be no more. Haaland is yeah. generational Ballon d'Or contender in the near future. And let's see where he's going to stop this season. Because if he wants, he can go to the very top. So let's wait and see. Erling Haaland, man. Wow. Absolutely. And uh, at the age of 22, Erling Haaland already has scored 14 hat tricks. Do you know do you know how many both Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi had at the age of 22? I have no idea. I think it's like one. Oh, I that not shook. Not shook. Not shook about that. Crazy. But Messi was crazy. Like, Messi was like I, And I and I get it. It's a convenient stat, right? We're not we're not necessarily comparing oh. him yet, but obviously at the age of 22, oh. Erling Haaland is doing things that to be honest has not been seen in this game. At Agreed. that age, Agreed. right? So, uh, and maybe like it brings a Ronaldo to mind, R Ronaldo Nazario, or but Erling Haaland, <laughs> or yeah, or Mbappe, obviously. Um, so I am, I'm stoked to see if it continues. Mm -hmm. I, I am stoked to hopefully see him remain healthy. 
Um, and it's just amazing to me that there are still people that thought it wasn't going to happen. But 10 goals in six games in Manchester City right now looks, um, well, they look ready to repeat. But, but that's about all you got to say. Well, Aston Villa, though, say. Aston Villa, though, they still managed to get a result. And all those TVG, like, we still have True. we still have doubts with TVG. Supposedly, I've seen a lot of news that Tyron Mings isn't a big mm-hmm. fan of TVG. So mm-hmm. let's wait and see what happens at Aston Villa. And I got a shout out with Bernard Silva staying at Man City. This in my this team of Man City is the best mm-hmm. team that Guardiola has to win a Champions League, in my opinion. The defense is sorted. The midfield is looking mad scary, especially keeping Bernard Silva. And now they have a generational talent that is a huge variable in today's game. That is Erling Haaland, just like Lewandowski at Barca. Haaland is that type of player. And Benzema at Real Madrid. Gotta shout him out. Ballon d'Or winner too. So I, this is my opinion. But if you agree, people, tell me, is this the best team of Man City in recent history? Has there been a better chance for Guardiola to win a Champions League? And if he doesn't win the Champions League, what happens to Guardiola? Do you think he stays even more, Breton? I don't. I don't know. Mm. I really don't know. I mean, he. I feel like he has to stay until he gets that Champions League title, <laughs> uh, or they're or they're going to force him out. But at, at the mm-hmm. same time, How where could... does Pep go beyond that? Exactly. It's national team. Maybe I'd love to see him. I know it was just rumors, but Brazil national team with Pep Guardiola. Oh that would be beautiful. That would be Joga Bonito. In in real life, it'd be beautiful, yeah. in my opinion, especially with the amount of wingers that Brazil has nowadays. We mentioned Anthony and Martial, uh, and Martinelli, and with the Arsenal Man United. So, eesh. but tell me, tell yeah. us your thoughts about Pep Guardiola too in the near future. But yes, we got another world class manager in the Premier League with Conte, and Conte keeps on bagging results. With consistency. And I gotta I gotta mm. shout this out because and I wanna say to the viewers, Son isn't playing bad football, but the stat sheet isn't showing up because Son has six games, zero goals, and one assist. But Tottenham yeah. still keep on winning because they got Richarlison now there doing what he's gotta do and being prolific and creating a bunch of chances. And he's he's one of the best players already at Tottenham. So for Conte. Sure. Beautiful, beautiful. And there will there will be plenty of fixtures that Son will need to step up for, mm-hmm. um, so that his twenty goals a year uh, <laughs> across all competition record is not threatened in any way, shape, or form. But there are some people out there that are literally saying the same thing about Son, although mm-hmm. he hasn't scored any goals. Uh, but they're saying the same thing about Kareem Benzema: only four goals, right, or only four goal involvements in four games. He's just not. He's not as good as he was or whatever. There's a lot of people actually saying that online. There are plenty, plenty of fixtures uh, to come. And obviously from a Real Madrid perspective, going off on a tangent here, October 16th, I cannot wait for that because that's the first Classico. That's the first Super Classico. But anyway, (laughs) back to the Prem. Back to the Prem because you did mention, yes, Spurs. That's great. But who's up there with Spurs still? Mm. Who's up there with Spurs? They just lost to Fulham. And I thought when you were saying this great, great, great manager, I thought you were telling me about Graham Potter. 
great manager I, too. I gotta say, it's I true. Mean, it's true. It's true. It, would Would you say Graham Potter's not a world class manager at this point? I don't. Or... I, I won't say he's a world class manager because I'll only okay. say that after Champions League football, maybe, or, and maybe national team level showing insane levels. But I'd say yeah. Graham Potter, in my opinion, is the best English manager nowadays in my yes. opinion with what he's doing uh, tactician yeah, wise, I, i'm shook with how brighton's playing and how the management off the pitch is beautiful yeah. beautiful and, and to, they're playing they're playing wonderful football okay they're playing absolutely wonderful football and if you have not watched moises Cachedo and alexis McAllister and leandro trossard and what they've been doing for this team that everybody looks at and and kind of always underestimates they are playing some of their best football right now, and I honestly believe that they are only getting started. I believe Moises Caicedo, when you look at him, everything is tangible when you see it. He's strong. He's fast. He's agile. He's really good on the ball. But when you look at Alexis McAllister, who's only 23, who had two goals in a 5-2 demolition of Brendan Rodgers' Leicester City, he is just as good. He is very, very good at the role that Potter has given him. I believe Brighton is only going to get better um, this particular season. I really want them to be because we need to freshen up that top six. Do we not? <laughs> fuck, fuck. And then we see a Billy Gilmore that we always yeah. say he needs a chance at Chelsea. And then I see Thomas Tuchel saying that's the best decision. I think, mm. honestly, that Billy Gilmore deserved a chance in the first team at Chelsea this season too and i think at brighton he's gonna show those levels because billy gilmore is a player of intangibles and you can't find a lot of players that do what he does that ball conduction that in-game iq he is the future of scotland midfield a hundred percent billy gilmore so i'd like to see that that player too at brighton and lamte man being on the bench just shows how stacked okay brighton really is and again they're stacked because graham potter ma manages to buy a lot of players on a cheap like i should it was what a bargain deal right now looking back so yeah i uh, understand the management and you mentioned lester and i yeah. gotta say brendan rogers and lester are five losses in a row and this is a clear consequence of no transfers this offseason okay and like they should have signed quality especially when you let go of Kasper Schmeichel a club icon no one understands what's happening and I sure expect in January the Foxes to go bold in their window if I'm not going to yeah. say they want to stay in the prem because that is still I, I still gotta believe in Brendan Rodgers because he is a good manager but he's lost the grip he's lost the grip yeah. so well, they're, they're bottom of the table, man. And the, I know it. I know it's early this season, um, but unless Rodgers has something up his sleeve, he's got Aston Villa and he's got Spurs next. Ooh. Aston Villa is going to be right. chomping at the bit to get a win. Shoot. And, uh, well, Spurs obviously looks dangerous. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I honestly do believe I, I could. I might be ready to put a little money on Brendan Rodgers being the first to go. Okay, the first Scott Parker manager. though. Scott Parker. Oh, but that. Uh... <laughs> okay, the first in uh, in a 
club that was expected to maybe be top half of the table okay. to go. Okay. Not a relegation fodder type situation. He just doesn't seem to have any answers right now. Uh, it was nice to see Pats and Daka get a goal. It was nice to see him okay. be the best player on the pitch for them. But ultimately what they're working with right now, um, I think Rogers is losing it. I really do. I think he's, he's losing that team. Uh, but yeah, there's plenty of others to talk about right now. Uh, and I love that Daka I just, mentioned especially when Vardy is getting old. And when Jamie Vardy yeah. retires, ha, it's mm -hmm. definitely going to be felt at Leicester, even without now Kasper Schmeichel too. So put down yeah. below in the comment section what you think about Leicester. Will Brendan Rodgers get sacked? Or will he save the game? We'll save the day against Aston Villa. But yes, mentioning sacking season, maybe there's a manager that redeemed himself, maybe again a derby, a Merseyside yeah. derby, and we had yep. Everton drawing against Liverpool. That I st I'm gonna say Liverpool deserved a win in my opinion, but Pickford going bold and getting seven saves inside the box and eight saves in general in that Merseyside derby. Pickford always, always seems to go bold when he's most needed. So I got to give a he, shout he out does. to Pickford, man of the match. But Liverpool, yes, yeah. balls on the post too. Like, yeah, Liverpool deserves to win that one. Oosh. But I, I almost need to push back on this a little bit because I have never been one to buy into the conspiracy theory that Liverpool gets all the VAR decisions, right? Live VAR pool, right? Live VAR pool. Um, I have not been one to buy into that. This was one of the first games that I looked at and I'm like, ah, what is happening here? Connor Cody did not look offsides to me. It's one of those situations where when you utilize VAR, it should not be, it should be a massive mistake that is overturned. It should not be a fractional thing that can be construed differently by another VAR person when it comes down to it i just don't understand why we're using var the way it is being it's being overused essentially it's being used in pretty much every facet of the game we saw it with the uh what was it a christian erickson foul leading up to martinelli's beautiful goal we saw it with uh maxwell cornett um scoring the equalizer and uh mendy getting hit right? Getting mm. fouled. We saw it in the Newcastle game where a Newcastle player was literally pushed in to the goalkeeper. And yet the resulting own goal from Tyrek Mitchell was called back. And we saw it here. Ooh. Connor Cody put that ball in the back of the net. And yes, if he was a whisker offside, fine. But is that really what we're using VAR for? Nah. Is all of this what we're using VAR for? It pisses me off because in a Merseyside derby, you look at how much it meant to that team. Um, I felt at moments that Everton um, was actually going to make out or deserved mm. the three points in this particular game. And that Van Dyke tackle, mm -hmm. that Van Dyke tackle did not look kosher to me. But ultimately, mm -hmm. it, it, it just seems very circumspect. It seems very weird when VAR gets to be used. Again, not going conspiracy theory here. Uh, not saying it favors all the top six clubs. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, there needs to be a strict understanding of when and why the dang thing is used. Because I, if you over-litigate every game, it gets tiresome. And frankly, it kills the game. I feel it kills like, the game. So. I feel like the best way... I, feel, I agree. I agree with a lot you yeah. said that VAR is overused. And for me, we should listen to the conversation of the referee with the VAR refs. Yeah. 
we should listen to the logic that is being said and to make to make those decisions in football sure. that can make a difference and the audience deserves to know it in my opinion so i think that would solve it just knowing just knowing what's happening in 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 the cabin talking to the ref but i agree yeah. it is being overused but people i want to know the thoughts of the fc wonder kick community on this one do you agree with var do you think we should banish var or what should happen should we limit it more i agree i think limiting more would be the nice way the best way to go and a lot of good pointers there bretson Fucked, yeah. in my opinion. And, and last thing I got to say about that Merseyside Derby, if mm -hmm. you are not on the Amadou Onana train, which ah. I was not when they spent the amount of money, I oh. am a, I'm, there, there is room on, on my train, okay? Get on the hype train for Amadou Onana because what a uh, in, in three games or so, uh, he has impressed me more. Don't and there is such a high ceiling on him. I think Everton has a gem there. True, true. And the difference, I think he's the player from, he was going, we were telling relegation battle maybe for Everton. And he's improved uh -huh. and elevated the level of that Everton squad. So exciting ties, exciting ties. And I'm going to mention here in the Premier League, the last thing on my end is Mitrovic. Yeah. I got to mention Fulham here with those ex not excellent results, but showing the promise and better expectations than many were putting in this Premier League season. And Mitrovic has 49 goals, okay, in 49 Ooh. league games for Fulham. That is insane levels. And understandably, he's the Serbian national team top goal scorer too. So I have high yeah. expectations for Mitrovic in the World Cup. And Mitrovic is only beaten in goals in the Prem this season by Erling Haaland, okay? So that is a hell of a stat to start. And Mitrovic, we might see him getting a move in January. A big money move. Because Fulham they might need to sell, and a lot of teams need a striker. So I'm just pushing it out there because a World Cup, a big showing, something can happen. So yeah, six mm, goals in the so last six Premier League games too. Just about to say, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to talk about Serbia in the upcoming World Cup because this is this is the best uh, the, the best collection of talent that they've ever had. Uh, without being so deficient in certain positional areas mm -hmm. that it really has got people excited. And I, I know I know we don't want to get people too excited, but <laughs> Serbia is looking good. Anyway, yes. if you're going to bring up Alexander Mitrovic, I'm going to raise you and bring up Ivan Toni, okay? Because, right man, he showed, he, he showed his quality versus Leeds. And, okay, there was a Crescencio-Somerville potential foul that Jesse Marsh got sent off for, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Ultimately... Ivan Tony was the difference maker in this particular game. And then I went back and I looked at it and you just threw out a bunch of numbers for Mitrovic. <laughs> Ivan Tony has scored a hundred goals in his last four seasons. Okay. A hundred goals Good in stuff. his last four seasons. Half of those seasons, maybe, yeah, half of those seasons have been in the prem. Okay. And the, how he did it, it was a well-executed hat trick. He chipped after a giveaway in the back, he chipped Ilan Meslier. He had that beautiful free kick, and then he had a, added a penalty kick, I believe, of which I believe he's also 18 for 18 Ooh, in no, a Brentford short no in penalties. Misses. No misses. No misses. Ivan Tony. <laughs> yeah. What? So if you're talking about another player that is hyping him his own self up for a big, big, big move in the future but will not feature in the World Cup, Ivan Tony's your man because you could get him 
And then you can also bring them into your team while everybody else is playing a certain international tournament. We're all going to have our eyes on. So I hundred percent expect people to go in big for Ivan Tony this winter. And that game just proved it for me. It was beautiful. Well done. Ivan Tony, man. And the development too. And I, this, I saw a question and he was asked, would you play at Liverpool or any other team with less, with more minutes guaranteed? He said, I'll play for Liverpool and I would guarantee those minutes. So Ivan Tony believes a lot in himself. So the next move out of Brentford, I have high expectations for him too. But I just, I'm excited to see where he goes. But people put down below, where do you think Ivan Tony, Brentford striker, will go next? Because he has shown intentions that he wants to leave Brentford in the past and he has the levels to play in a higher team in the Premier League. So every, sure. everything in the Prem, we, we have everything, Breton. Uh, I just want to feel bad for Wolves for one second because they Boy, sign a player four days ago. Oh, my God. They sign a player four days ago, and he goes down with an ACL injury. Mm. Dasha Kalajic will oh. be out pretty much the whole season, just like he was out the whole of last season. Oh. Um, and and now you're ready for who they're bringing in, striker. potentially? Oh, and Wolves, that they're, was the striker. But, but are you ready for who they're bringing in? Who are they bringing in? Diego Costa. Oh, I like that. I like how Wolves is doing things. That's a good business. I like the Acosta to Wolves. We'll, we'll see if they, yeah, we'll see if it uh, gets over the finish line. But I just have to, I feel you, Wolves, you have one of the best defenses as of right now, statistically speaking, like in the league. Like uh, Alex has said previously, uh, Nathan Collins is really showing himself to be a phenomenal Premier League defender, and he's yeah. young. Uh, but they they need to find, and they need to fine-tune, and they need that striker, and mm -hmm. they're just, they need to keep Raul Jimenez wrapped in bubble wrap and keep him healthy. But um, I feel for you, any Wolves fans out there, um, that just stinks, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but let's move on but from the print. True. Big window. Mateusz Dutch. So, yes, I agree. That, let's yeah. go with this. And Barca. <laughs> Bretton, I have a yeah. lot of questions to do because Barca is giving the answers I was expecting. And Bar Barcelona this season has three wins, one draw, yep. and zero losses. And that win against Sevilla, Lewandowski was going bold. Conde was going bold, and Rafinha was going bold. All new signings with Xavi Ball were in tune, and I have high, highest expectations for Barca this season, and seeing them play the way they did. The fact that uh -huh. Jules Conde got two assists, the first yeah. time ever in, in La Liga, that shows that he fully adapted, and he's perfect for the role that Xavi has in the team. The Xavi ball is real. And Ronald Araujo, I want to give the, I want to put it in the universe. I want to put it out. I fully okay. believe Ronald Araujo will be the captain of Barcelona. He's got those intangibles. He is a born leader at the back. He's ruthless. So Conde and Ronald Araujo, this duo. I believe it's going to be remembered in the history books. This is the yeah. start, people. So, Barca fans, be excited. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll, I'll admit, if if the offense plays like that week in, week out, they're, virtually, unstop they're virtually unstoppable in La Liga. Um, in, in Champions League, it remains to be seen. But at the same time, you're 100% correct. That Jules Conde assist, uh, the, particularly the oh, one to Lewandowski. Robert Lewandowski, oh. Floated over the center backs. Yes. He took it down perfectly. Oh. That that was that was beautiful stuff. And um, I, I gotta I gotta say, I mean, I know 
I, regardless of how financially they've constructed their roster, okay? <laughs> yes. And, and against and, and, probably what everybody thinks. And against they weren't fined. Probably they think. weren't fined right. for, uh, for weren't breaking fined. the UEFA rules financially, Barcelona. Right. And eight clubs were fined ahead of them. PSG, yeah. yep. Marseille, Besiktas, Milan, Inter, and Juve, and Monaco. All fine. Not Barca. <laughs> But but regardless of all that stuff, because I still think we're going to get some more answers in the future, regardless, yes, I am super stoked to see a Super Classico uh, that we can all be proud of because it is going to be October 16th. If you haven't circled it already, that is the first time Real Madrid and Barcelona go head-to-head, and I am here for it. I am ready for it. I am not a Barca hater. I am, I want to see it get fired up with different names, different people on the score sheet. Um, and I, I'm 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 ready, man. I'm ready. But mm-hmm. but elsewhere in La Liga, but, but while yeah. they were doing it, <laughs> but right? Xavi, elsewhere they were. But Xavi it, it, is yet to yeah. lose. Okay, with Barca, there's still mm-hmm. things like Lewandowski. Okay, yeah. will he be the top scorer in La Liga for you, Breton? Now, Lewandowski. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to say after what he's got five goals in four games, correct? In three games, five um, goals. Okay, yeah, it's 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 hard to say if he obviously he has every shot with the ability to do it, but I certainly am not going to count out Kareem Benzema, who has four and four or three and four, whatever mm-hmm. the hell it is. I mean, Kareem Benzema has shown he can do it. Um, mm-hmm. It just so happens that in their recent match this past weekend, it was Vinicius Jr. and it was Rodrigo that picked up the slack but with Chouameni looking yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, looking phenomenal in that midfield. So if you're worried about Casemiro leaving, mm-hmm. I don't think you have to be anymore. Huh. Um, I do think that, as both of us agreed, it's going to be Benzema, Chouameni, hell, maybe Iago Aspas, 35 years old and still scoring a heck load of goals. That's not even a word. He's scoring... So many goals, and he had one against Real Madrid. Uh, five goals in four games for him. Don't count him out at 35 years old. Um, mm. But in the end, no, no, do no. I think it's going to be Lewandowski? You can probably count him out. But hold on. He's been aging like fine wine, and just because he doesn't play for Barca, just because he doesn't play for uh, Real Madrid, he has not gotten the love he probably deserves. I agree. He had 24 goal involvements last season, 27 the year before that. That that isn't, you know, Lewandowski. It is not Benzema numbers. But Iago Aspas is off to a fine start at 35 years old. I just had to shout him out no. there. Um, <laughs> but in the end, I still think Benzema is going to beat Lewandowski at the top. But maybe for goal contributions or goals all across the competitions, it's it's hard to see here. It's well, hard to see. I, yeah. I, there's a lot to talk. And let's start with Rialso on that end. And it's true of many. I completely agree that Kazmiru wasn't felt mm-hmm. on that pitch. And Chuameni was the most complete player on the pitch. He did it all. <laughs> the engine of Real Madrid. And I fully believe now Chuameni, no doubt, will start for France in the World Cup. Especially Ooh. after we see all that Pogba, Pogba stuff that we can mention afterwards. But Chouameni yeah. is showing himself that he's proven 100 million is what I am worth. And Casemiro's gone. So you need yeah. that player for five, six, seven years. And Chouameni is that guy, in my opinion. The difference. And Vinicius Junior. Vinicius Junior, just like Rafael Leon that we will mention in the future, Vinicius uh-huh. is improving a lot his style of play. And for that, 
we gotta mention the finishing's better, the one-on-one -on -one is much better, and as a player, he's more mature too, Vinicius. And having Rodrigo show, uh, seeing the development of Vinicius just makes life much better in the future, the expectations for Real Madrid fans with Brazil. So I agree, let's wait and see on Vinicius Rodrigo, but Rodrigo still has to prove, okay, more, not as much as Vinicius, in my opinion. So yeah. Let's yeah, wait and yeah. see. But I wanted to say on the Barca side, sorry. Xavi yeah. is yet to lose, okay, in 17 away games, okay? This is a mad stat, in my opinion, and shows how well he knows his squad. And I want to say just last thing on Barca. On my end, it's, I think, in the Champions League biggest games, I don't know if Pedri and Gavi should start at the same time because I think the best Pedri... Is, is right now without Gavi. And the best Gavi is without Pedri. Right now, okay, at 18 and 19. But in two, three years' time, the best of themselves might be together. But I agree. Th they're showing moments that they might need a Frankie there instead. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's good that he stayed. <laughs> yeah, it is good that he stayed. It is good that he stayed. I'm not entirely sure how we were making all that fuss about their finances and then Frankie winds up staying. The pie wind the, the yeah, Memphis the pie winds up staying too. But Obama yeah, um, to go though. But yeah, but like 14 million. That's that's all they got from that perspective. But his wage bill definitely mm. anyway. Yes. And Brett Braithwaite. Good yeah, luck. He's going to stay in La Liga, Coutinho, so that'll be interesting. A lot of players went out of Barca. So. Oh, Coutinho. <laughs> that wage uh, bill. <laughs> that wage bill is getting and smaller. And Valdez. Let's back. Like, no. how good is Valdez at 18? And I fully expect to see Marcos Alonso that believes in Barca and Bellerin, proud fullbacks that will represent Xavi Ball too. So... Excellent two fullback signings. Bellerin, man, please show those levels. That mad speed that you have, man. I just yeah. hope, man, no injuries in Barca. Just go ball Bellerin, please. Well, like, I, I, have, I have hit my I have hit my Barcelona positive comment limit, okay? So we, we probably have to move on. Just like yes. I think I've already hit, even though we haven't spoken about it, I've hit my daily limit for talking about witchcraft and, and who did what in that whole Pogba scenario. I don't even really want to talk about it, but if you Mad. want to talk about it at the end, we Mad. can talk about it. But I think we should probably move on to Syria, where, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe somebody heard my predictions in that it's going to be really, really tough for yeah. AC Milan to repeat. But if AC Milan continue to play as they've been playing, uh, the Rossoneri could definitely repeat. And if Rafa Leal um, continues to play the way he's playing, um, they will obviously be in contention for the Scudetto again. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yes! unbelievable. Rafa man, two goals and one assist, okay, against Inter de Milan. They needed a man to show up, and he right. just did. The hip movement yeah. of Rafa Leon this season just shows yeah. the off-season off, off, off work he did. Yeah. Rafa Leon put mad work in the gym. You can see it. He's more than just a footballer. He is an athlete. And these are the levels, okay, that I expect the future after Christian Ronald. Sure. So I'm mad proud of what Rafa Liel is doing at AC Milan. The best player in Serie A right now. Yeah. No one can stop Rafa Liel, And he feels it. Keep on going. And AC Milan has been bought now for 1.2 million by Red Bird Capital Group that has Drake 
and LeBron James, okay, in that capital investment group. So yeah. just get that extension of Raphael and make a song, man, Drake. Put a mention of Raphael in the song, man. I'm sure it would go bold because he deserves something like that. So Raphael, keep doing your thing, yeah. man, and show up in and, the Champions and, League with the Catalar. You will. And and here's the, here's the thing, and you kind of glossed over it. You mm. said who they played. But for those of you that weren't able to catch it, Rafa Leao this past weekend did not score his goals against Monza. He did not score his goals against Salernitana. He scored his goals against Inter Milan in the Milan Derby. Okay, And that in and of itself uh, tells me that he has arrived, that he has stepped it up a notch. Because if you look at last year, if you look at his season last year, Right, it can really all be condensed down into those last 10 15 games, and he has picked up exactly where he left off. And it doesn't matter who he's playing against, so I agree with you whether it's the work he's done in the uh, uh, the, the or, or it's the yeah, the offseason, or it's the positivity around potentially we're hearing good things about him potentially getting a new long term lucrative Ooh. deal, and whether or not that's to raise his value when the time comes to sell him off, True. or it's literally to keep him around as a 23 year old to make him the core of your future, you could do that. But yes, with Redbird Capital having come in, with new partners within that, with that $1.2 billion plus mm-hmm. valuation. AC Milan is looking on the up and up. They continue to do the right things business-wise. And I'm excited. I'm excited. That capital group should just give the funds to Maldini and keep doing what you're doing. Because even against Prem teams that have more money than anyone on earth, they still manage to steal the Quetzalar and bring in quality with Origi and keeping Giroud. So I have high, high expectations still for Milan that is showing emotion. This is very important, sure. too. I, I see the emotion with Milan. I see the players wanting to see it with Milan. And that is football heritage right there with AC Milan. So let's hope that Rafael gets that extension and, yes, proves himself in Serie A. But he has to sure. be the most well-paid player in Serie A. 100% Rafael He cannot be receiving any dime less than any Juve player if he stays in Serie A. So those are my expectations for this contract extension. And Rafael Young, keep going bold, in my opinion. But yes, if we, if we stay in Serie A, we got a player that just yeah. arrived and keeps on scoring those mad, mad goals. And that is yeah. Kvisha Kvaradona, okay? That has four <laughs> goals and one SS Kvaradona. And any doubters... Okay, that Mertens yeah. and Insigne are leaving. Napoli's not going to be the same. Ha! Kavisha Kvaradona is showing that that is not the case. And he is now definitely one of the best wingers in Serie A. And he's just arrived, the Georgian winger. So, oh. and, and, and how he's scoring his goals, too. Yeah, how he is scoring his goals. He's so direct that Serie A defenders just don't know what the heck to do. <laughs> um, and he is not afraid to just ping a ball. He, he top-ended it. Um, and he's just scoring. He did not have his best of games this last game, and yet he was effective. He was on the score sheet. He did what he had to do for Napoli to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean they've they've hit it out of the park so far uh, with their their signings, um, and they've all been just uber effective from day one. So Napoli is not going to let AC Milan just <laughs> you know take the scudetto again. It's going to be pretty tough at the top there, and Inter Milan needs to figure out what the heck they want from themselves because. <laughs> Lautaro, eh, 
Lukaku, okay. It it just it, defensively they haven't looked as uh, as solid as they have in the past. So um, Lukaku I don't didn't know. play, but, so it's like you know what I mean. Right. Like so for me the doubts it's how good is this squad in general? Should they have mm-hmm. sold Inter? One of their stars at the back, like Milan Skriniar and Bastoni, and maybe reinforce maybe some better strikers? I don't know, man. I see Roma. They got Bellotti and Dybala. Those two would have been great, maybe, to be right now at Inter Milan against AC Milan. So I, I, there well, is doubts. There is doubts. Yeah. I agree. But you know you know who Cavaradana and Napoli play next, right? Mm. Who? Liverpool. <laughs> oh! Liverpool. Here we go. That is going to be an elite matchup, okay? And that is going to be a big answer that we're going to get with Cavaradona. (laughs) Napoli too, man. Like, they're like the kryptonite of Liverpool in the Champions League. (laughs) It it really remains to be seen. We also need to... uh, uh, Do you agree that we need to see a little more out of Darwin Nunes? Not to go back on a tangent. No, 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 no. But it's true. We do need to see. Now we can go with strike forces. But Vlahovic is showing up. Juve ain't showing up. But Darwin, I agree with that. He needs to show more, especially when Firmino is doing the games. He is. Like, we have doubts with Darwin. Can he get to that stage? But I believe believe he I'm going to Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to say it right now. I think Victor Osimhen is going to have a big game against Liverpool. I think he's going to have a big game. And I'm okay if he winds up not having one and I get dragged in the comments. But, you know, if I say it enough, I, I hear it comes true. So, uh, Victor Osimhen, uh put a little money on him on Wednesday. I think he's going to do okay. But mm-hmm. not surprisingly, Syria with a just a phenomenal weekend again the fixtures. Um, just a, a whole lot of fun to watch. Yes. Um, and the fact that Napoli, after making those signings, after saying goodbye to as many, many you already referenced this, as many legends as they said goodbye to, yes. um, it is great to see other names, new names, fresh names come into the mix mm-hmm. and uh, and really make them interesting again. Uh, <laughs> and shout out to Min Jae Kim, the center back replacing Alidou Koulibaly, getting his first goal. Uh, that's not something I think anyone expected. So uh, I'm loving the new names on the list on the score sheet, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what Syria has to give us and how they do in the Champions League this week. <laughs> true, true. And my last shout is Betu, man. Betu has two goals, okay, in Serie, and let's wait and see if he keeps on de- developing at Udinese. And Rafael had a hundred, a hundred games, okay, for AC Milan in Serie. So, yes, he's been there for a long time. It seems short, but he's developing at a steady pace at Milan. And, th- yes, the right decision to go to Issa Milan. And he, by has, of you. He, has, he has put that rocky part of his early days, his early professional career. He's put that rocky part behind him, and he looks just like a man driven to continue to prove himself at AC yes. Milan. So we're also very happy to see that uh, materialized. With what you yeah. said there, a man that has a past. Okay, I want to mention this player because I have to give a shout out to him. That is Gabigol. Okay, is the youngest player ever in Brasileiro history to get to a hundred Brasileiro goals. Gabigol, okay. legend of Flamengo, and let's wait and see what he's gonna do the rest of this Brasileiro season. But great wow. stat by him at twenty six. To 100 goals in Brazilero. I just wanted to put that one out there. <laughs> but, if you're, but if you're speaking of legends, and again, this is a tangent going back to La Liga, yes. we do have to shout out Anaki Williams. Ooh, it yes. was yes. 
it was a, it was almost a hundred percent that everybody thought that he was going to give up and end his record of 236 consecutive La Liga appearances. He sprained his ankle, and sure enough, who trots out in the starting 11 over the weekend for Athletic Bilbao? Inaki Williams. Williams. <laughs> Built from something different, apparently, uh, and he makes it 237 games in a row, five and a half years or so of not missing a La Liga fixture or not starting in a La Liga fixture. So kudos to him. I only hope he's not playing on a bummed ankle, but Anaki Williams is built from something different. Man, that's for sure. Just to have a day, 2016, April 20th was the last match that Anaki Williams didn't start for Athletic Bilbao. So yes, Ironman. 237. How is that possible? Nico, go bold, man, like your brother Inaki, man. Because, yeah, that's an underrated legend. Munyain, Bernat when he was at Bilbao, and uh, Inaki Williams, man. Great teams, man. Against Man United, you remember in the past? Oh, yes. Like, that was yep. that was levels too, man. So, yeah, good to see them going bold. So, that, but, but also, but like, imagine if your brother, imagine if your older brother is like the Iron Man of Athletic Bilbao. <laughs> like, you could say, go as bold as your brother, and he's going to be like, does that mean I have to play 237 consecutive La Liga games in order to just meet his standard? There's no way in hell that's ever going to happen for him. But Nico Williams is great in his own right, um, and I, I think he'll make his own path. Right? What do you think? That's mad. Nico, yeah, I, I just hope, man. So, yeah, just <laughs> let's wait and see. But last shout here in the podcast on my end. I got to shout what Luis Kampsch and PSG are doing, okay? I got to shout out this transfer because in all the deadline day, this wasn't <clears throat> talked enough, in my opinion. And the biggest problem of PSG last season was the midfielders. And it is no more. By Luis Kampsch getting two Two underrated signings at midfield, in my opinion, with Carlos Scholler and Renato mm-hmm. Sancho. Okay, Vitinha is a big-time player, but Renato and I and Renato, I by getting Renato and Soler, those are yeah. two slept moves. Soler at Valencia is so slept, man. He should play for the Spanish national team when he does. And at PSG, he's going to show those levels at the club. And Luis Campos. Great, just getting yeah. started, just getting started. And the amount of players, Icardi, Curuaza, um, so much players that didn't do anything at the Rafinha. club. Rafinha. Oh, them? Like, all the mm-hmm. bad decisions of the past, no more with Luis Kampsch. And the best decisions in the future. Champions League football. Yeah. Uh, Champions League title on the way, maybe, with Luis Kampsch. Yeah. So. They got... They got Juve first, so it'll be a nice stern test for them. Uh, but hey, shout out to to Noon Mensch or Nuno Mendes <laughs> yes. for his first first PSG goal, right? The Noon Mensch, my first goal, man. Love to see it. He deserves it. He's creating those goals and now scoring them at PSG. The start of a world class career with Noon Mensch. Keep on going. Boy. All right. Well, if we're doing if we're doing Wonder Kid shout outs now. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta, I gotta bring it down. We got you mentioned Gabi goal. Mm-hmm. I'm mentioning the future of the Brazilian Real and likely the future of La Liga. True. Uh, for those of you that have forgotten the name Endrick over the last few months, Don't. when it was getting beaten into our heads daily with with highlight reels, and he scored this many goals, and he was lifted up on a shoulder, and he made it look like he was Pele back in the <laughs> 1950s, right? But Endrick 
has not stopped scoring goals. He has 19 goals, four assists in 24 games for the U-17s and the U-20s of Palmeiras. And at the same time, he literally just turned 16 years old. He just turned 16. So he's doing it levels above what he should be doing it in a very competitive uh, youth rank. Okay? So I think I think it's only a matter of time before probably this winter when the transfer chatter comes in again and it's going to be likely a battle of Real Madrid or who knows, Barcelona might have a 753rd <laughs> lever that they can pull in order to bring Endrick uh, into their their world. But I had to mention Endrick because he has not disappeared. He is still scoring goals, and he is doing so with regularity, and he is looking every bit the future of Brazilian football. But he's 16. Give him time. Let him mature. And I think we're going to see an even better uh, player in the near future. I love that shot to Hendrik. And 16, you mentioned you got to remember everyone listening to this part about Hendrik. Fuck, Abel Freire. Play this kid, okay? And I want to give last one minute, Lamil, Lamin Yamal, okay? There's a lot of chit-chat right now in the Barca camp that this kid is the future best player in La Masia right now, okay? Yep. And Xavi is a big fan of this 15-year-old that we'll be seeing in the youth league this season. Lamin Yamal, people, remember the name. And he's trained with the first team today. Today yeah. at 15 years old. So those and are he, the expectations. He is he is a very good footballer at this age. He <laughs> I I do envision him making his debut at some point in the next year. Um, but mm-hmm. speaking of debuts, I have two more things for you. Yes. One thing is another name with a little bit of a milestone with a name you might remember, but mm-hmm. Anderlecht, we know always gives opportunities. Yes. They give plenty of opportunities to young players, okay? We talked about several of them earlier in this podcast. They just gave an opportunity to Julian Durinville, a winger, 16 years old. You ready for this? He is the youngest. He scored six minutes after he came in. He is the youngest player to score for Anderlecht since a certain player named Romelu Lukaku. (laughs) So you got to remember his name just from that association. Uh, And Anderlecht is going to continue likely to give him opportunities moving forward because they're not afraid to in the pro league. And then the last thing I just have to say, and this is to end things on my end in a very heartwarming note. You might know in the past we have talked about some of the Fulham products, okay? Yes. Uh, we know where Fabio Carvalho has wound up. There's another player, Jay Stansfield, mm-hmm. who recently made his Premier League debut, and then he was sent on loan to a certain Exeter City, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, why am I telling you this, okay? He went to Exeter City for a very incredible uh, familial nostalgic purpose, okay? He's going on loan there to score goals one, but also he's going over to take over his father's number nine, retired number nine number, because about 12 years ago, his father, while playing striker for Exeter City, scoring goals a lot for Exeter City, uh, unfortunately came down with cancer, a very aggressive type of cancer, and he passed away within four months, five months of finding out that he even had it. They named a stand at Exeter City for him. They retired the number nine, and they have since unretired the number nine so that Jay Stansfield, his son, 12 years later, could don it for him. How cool is that story? 
what a legacy, man, that is. And rest yeah. in peace, man. And that is pressure on him. But it's the right pressure. Because what a reason, man, to perform for a club. Exeter, Absolutely. man. You are lucky to have him. On loan, too. On lo they mm -hmm. play League 3. Exeter. Oh, uh, yeah, I think they're, they're, they might be as high as one now, but they're definitely League 2. They're right above, they're in one of those. Sorry, sorry, when I, I say League 3, it's like third division here in Portugal. I'm sorry, I okay? <laughs> so, yes, people, okay. League 1 football. But, yes, let's wait and see what Jay Stanfield has to do. And big, great story, Bretton, right there. And if you're listening to us until now, do not forget to like this podcast. It's a huge help. And follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and we are now on Apple Podcasts too. So make sure you get a follow on those three platforms. Thank you for listening until now, FC Wonder Kid community. And thank you for going bold on a weekly basis, community. Take care. <laughs>